And God, you know, we have those times where we look up and all we see are those lone stars. And yet, you know that we need to see that day star. We need to see you. We, we need to have that feeling that we're home, that you care, that, that somebody cares, that wherever we go, you are. God, today, take us to that place where you are, that place where you reside. And indeed, help us to find that place in our own hearts today. We give you thanks. Amen. It was a very powerful theme in Brokeback Mountain that didn't even hit me until this week as I was looking at these scriptures. It's the idea that Jack and Ennis were both shepherds. It's like how the movie starts. It's how they got together. It's like, how did I miss this? They were shepherds there to guide the sheep, protect the sheep, stay up with the sheep, watch the sheep. At times even to carry the sheep. And there's one scene particularly where Ennis is carrying a lamb on his horse. This week as I thought back on those images, a great big question hit me. It was like a question that came in neon lights. And the question was, Jack and Ennis were shepherds, but who would shepherd them? Who were their shepherds? Who was there for them to carry them, guide them, protect them, stay up with them through the night? Ultimately, for them, that question is left unanswered. Indeed, it is their lifelong search. Throughout the movie, we see so many scenes of isolation. So many scenes where Jack or Ennis need someone to come and be a shepherd to them. That scene where Jack is riding back to Texas from Wyoming after going to Wyoming with such great hopes and having those hopes unrealized. Or that scene 20 years down the road when they're nearing 40 and realizing that neither of them have lives that they thought they would have, looking at each other with dreams unfulfilled. And Jack finally says, Ennis, I've got to tell you the truth. Sometimes I miss you so much, I just can't stand it. Mountains surrounding them that in themselves look isolated those lone headlights driving down the road. And then that scene where Alma is looking out as her husband Ennis is leaving with Jack and she's staring out the window watching her dreams drive away. Isolation. It, it occurs to me that isolation is a growing theme. Not only in our country, but it seems in our individual lives. We, we have all the appearances of connection. We have wireless connection. 
We're connected by email and cell phone. And yet, despite all the appearances of connection, it seems like we're more isolated than ever. The movie that won the Academy Award this year was Crash, another movie that has this theme of isolation, of people trying to reach out for each other and getting so close but but not able to quite reach. And, And all the barriers between us, barriers between values and cultures, ethnic backgrounds. One of the themes that comes through the movie Crash is that we're so desperate to connect and to touch and to reach each other that we end up crashing into each other. That even though we want to love and connect, we don't quite know how to do it anymore, so we end up hurting each other. We all need a shepherd, someone to guide us, love us, protect us, and stay up with us at night. Who will shepherd us? How are we going to to break through all this disconnection? And the other question that emerged while I was watching Brokeback Mountain again was the question beyond who will shepherd us to the question of what will it take for us to finally connect? What will it take? Will it take a brick to wake us up? That's what it took for Bob. Bob was a very successful young professional had his dream house had his dream job dream relationship and he finally had his dream car Jaguar he was so proud of his Jag as he was driving through neighborhoods sometimes he'd just drive it to show it off he was driving through one neighborhood and there were lots of cars parked along the side of the streets and he noticed that it was a pretty young neighborhood. There were lots of toys in the yard and big wheels and footballs and basketballs. He could tell there were lots of kids in the neighborhood. So he was driving his Jag kind of slowly through the neighborhood in case a kid would run out between some of the parked cars. And as he was driving along, suddenly he heard this big loud thump and he saw a brick bounce off the side of his Jag. Slams on the brake, jumps out of his Jag, looks over and hears this huge dent in the side of his prized possession. And he yells, who did this? Who threw a brick on my jacket? He looks over and he sees this little kid with a crew cut. Standing just a few feet away. And his first reaction is just to lash out. And he, and he says, who do you think you are throwing this brick at my car? Do you know what kind of damage you did? And I can tell from the looks of you that you'll never earn enough allowance to pay for this dent. Why did you do it? The little boy said, I'm I'm sorry, sir, but I've been trying to get someone to stop. I didn't know any other way to do it. And he pointed over behind one of the cars, and there was a wheelchair, and then right off the curb was his brother who had fallen out of the wheelchair. He said, I'm sorry, sir, but I I just needed someone to help me. Well, Bob, the young professional driving his new Jag, looked at the dent in the side of his car, looked at this kid with the crew cut, looked at his brother laying there in the gutter, went over and lifted up the young boy, got him back into the wheelchair, checked for any bruises or scars, and then he had one of those big spiritual wake-up calls. 
He stood there and he watched the young kid of the crew cut wheel his brother down the sidewalk towards their home. And he looked back at the dent. And he said to himself, I needed that dent. And he made the decision to not fix it because he wanted to look at that dent and have it serve as a reminder of what really matters, what's really important. Connection. What's it going to take? A brick flying through the air? Or that phone call? Or that person that we took for granted says that we've let them down one too many times and it's time for a new direction in the relationship what's that going to take to finally connect who's going to be the shepherd we all need a shepherd someone to guide us love us, protect us stay up with us at night We want to look up and know that someone's there. And God typically does not send great messages from the clouds. God sends messages through each other. And they come through the warmth of a handshake or a conversation. They come from being vulnerable and being real. Somewhere, someplace, there has to be a congregation, a church, a people, a community willing to say, we are here, we are ready, we're willing to be vulnerable, we're willing to be real. We will be shepherds to our community and shepherds to each other. It's time to connect, to move away from our isolation, to turn off our iPods, to turn off our cell phones, and to say, we're here for each other. Not just beeping each other buzzing each other, instant messaging each other, reaching out to each other and saying, I care. And yes, there are barriers. We've been disappointed. We've been wounded. We've been hurt. We've let each other down. We're carrying that guilt. It's all there. We know it's there. Let's not deny it. Our walls of self-protection. But isn't it worth trying to break through those things? To find what we're all looking for? That's exactly what's happening in our gospel today. In our gospel today, we meet someone who needs a shepherd. Someone who can't get up on his own because he's paralyzed. Our gospel lesson doesn't say how long he's been paralyzed. It's just he's paralyzed. The good news is he has four friends who knows that he cannot move on his own. And they've heard that there is someone named Jesus who has spiritual integrity and healing power. And they look at their friend and they see the need that their friend has and they determine that they're going to do whatever it takes to get their friend to Jesus. They're going to be a shepherd to their friend. They're going to guide him, carry him, love him, protect him, stay up with him through the night if that's what it takes. They don't have a horse to carry them on. They've got a stretcher. But they begin to carry their friend through those rusty road, dusty roads of Galilee. 
doing all they can to get him to Jesus. And yes, they meet some barriers. <laughs> they have to. I just returned from that part of the world, and it's rough country. Lots of hills, lots of rocks. Who knows what barriers they faced in getting their friend who needed a shepherd to a place of healing. Then they finally get there, and what do they see? The place where Jesus is is completely surrounded by crowds of people. Some who are probably there because Jesus was a celebrity. <laughs> Trying to get his autograph. Well, their paralyzed friend was looking for more than an autograph. He was looking for something real and lasting and deep and true. So they look at the barriers. And they say, how are we going to get through this one? Well, we'll do what it takes. We've already made it this far. We can go the rest of the way. So they climb on top of the roof of that place and they tear through the roof. And they lower their friend down to the source of healing and the source of hope. And Jesus, moved with compassion, says, My child, your sins are forgiven. Pick up your stretcher, walk, and go home. Connection. Healing. Wholeness. It's there for us. What are the barriers? The barriers that stand between us and that deep connection? It's a question that I've continued to ask, and... Gloria, if you could read this meditation for us on this whole idea of moving from isolation to connection. Most of us are moving too fast and making too much noise to realize how isolated we've become and how many disconnected, isolated people are all around us. There is more than one way to be paralyzed. We drive through our days in high gear, our windows rolled up, our iPods on full blast, our 240 horsepower engines roaring. We have our wireless connections. Yet, in so many other ways, we are disconnected. Bumper to bumper, we move through our days, so close, on the verge of crashing into each other, yet failing to touch each other to reach each other. We don't pay attention until we get hit by a brick. And then, when we do try to get involved with others, it can still fall short because our connection stays on the surface. How do you touch someone from arm's length? We want to have it both ways. We want to reach out yet we try to do it from the safety of our own turf. Connecting with others means something more. It means being vulnerable. It means entering into the reality of others, even if their reality is isolation and pain. When God in Jesus came to live among us, Jesus shared our troubles and felt our hurts. Are we willing to share and feel as Jesus did? One of the deepest meanings behind the coming of Jesus is this idea that our God is a God willing to get real and vulnerable 
and close, willing to share with us real life. That's what Jesus did. It was about connection. Not connection from a distance, but connection up close. And our scriptures today, both the gospel and the first reading, show us the way to that connection. They offer for us that sense of closeness. That closeness that Ennis longed for and hungered for. Ennis didn't quite know how to do it. He struggled. But he did find one way to connect with those around him. And several times in the movie, he shows us how he connects. On one of the trips where he was heading off to go fishing, he kissed his shirt before he put it in the back. Later in the movie, his daughter leaves her coat in his trailer, and he folds it up and kisses it. And of course, another scene in the movie where he has Jack's shirt. He holds it close and he embraces it. It was his way of getting close. The good news for us is that we can get even closer. And that first scripture today speaks of how God's love is like a garment that we wear. A garment of grace and a garment of connection. That closeness that we all seek. I'd like us to listen to this scripture again. But I want to invite us to do something. I would invite each of us to take a moment and touch the fabric that you're wearing. If you're here with someone special, you might want to go ahead and touch their fabric, touch their shirt. Think about where else you've worn this garment. Think about who gave it to you if it was a gift. then listen to this scripture through the lens of connection and closeness. Chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as Christ forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic, all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. Who will shepherd us? God will shepherd us, but God will shepherd us through each other. How far will we go? What barriers will we break through? The barriers that separate us. Far enough to really feel and know. You see, resurrection is a place beyond broke back. Not a place of isolation, 
but a place of connection. Not a place of disgrace, but a place of amazing grace. Not a place of fear, but a place of courage. Not a place of hopelessness, but a place of hope. Not a place of woundedness, but a place of healing. Not a place of curse, but a place of blessing. A place close to God's own heart. A place where we are wrapped and held and shepherded by the good shepherd who meets us and lives in us, resides in us, and teaches us to shepherd each other. If you're comfortable, take the hand of someone nearby as we go to our God in prayer. God of amazing grace and amazing love and amazing mercy, We really do seek to be the community of people that you're calling us to be. And God, you know that even this morning, there are those who need a shepherd. Maybe it's that one who's lost their partner. Maybe it's that LBGT youth that's looking for a place to belong. Maybe it's that transgender person trying to decide whether you really did create him or her this way to be who you've called them to be, to live from the inside out. God, help us to see the needs. May we see the need before that brick hits us. And may we do what it takes to get each other to you. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on us as individuals. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on this your church. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on your world. And hear the prayers of your people who pray. Amen.